I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh,
see I know the right way to prepare and persevere when it comes time to fight. As a stranger here, I will never fear, for the sun still shines regardless of the darkest night. Seek for your inner voice to help you make your choices. Learn to differentiate between the truth and the noises. As a stranger here, you must never fear, for the knowing of yourself is cause for great rejoicing. Great rejoicing, great rejoicing, great Gonna be major, no longer hidden figures. We out the level to plan for, for them young queens coming for that wage gap till we recoup them hidden figures. And 97 million women marching, I was with it. In 2017, the same the establishment living. If this a man's world, we came here to grab the equipment and watch the future reimagined by the hand of the fifth. <laughs>
Exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the law of gender. The law of gender. We're going to start off tonight in the praise up, as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed. Starting off with Psalms 19.7 to 19.9. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Genesis one twenty six to one thirty, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, Created he him, male and female. Created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat." and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Ephesians 5.22-5.33 Wives, Submit yourselves unto your own husbands 
as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh." This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. 1 Peter 3, 4 to 3, 11. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy woman also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, 
but contrariwise blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him achieve evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. And finally, 1 Corinthians 11.9 to 11.12. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. All things of God, the man and the woman, the law of gender, tonight's theme. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. We're going to praise him, yeah. We're going to praise him, yeah. We're going to praise him, yeah. Praise be to the Father, hallelujah, hallelujah, this is a revival, hallelujah, hallelujah, we are gonna live with love and harmony, no but mind could never stop, we praises be to the Father, hallelujah, hallelujah, we are gonna pray for the sins and where you have done, cause when time come we are not we are free run, the judgment I go fall real hard Come in at the light, stop living at the Open up your eyes Me no one about to tell me God is just a lie Because me know the things they do for me in my life Put full pa me table, make sure me stable Go down pa me knees and pray every Nothing that you do can carry down We are gonna rise to the top Play the trumpet sound it loud hey. Praise the Hallelujah, hallelujah, this is a revival, hallelujah, hallelujah, we are gonna live with love and harmony, no but mind could never stop, we praises be to the Father, hallelujah, hallelujah, we now go follow the people with pies and moat, them chat all the things that they won't get me out, them never want to see we elevate low, but the blessing where we have them can't overthrow Nothing what you do can get me down We are gonna rise to the top Sound the trumpet and sound it loud He's my light, he wears a crown Praise be to the Father Hallelujah, hallelujah This is a revival Hallelujah, hallelujah We are gonna live with love and harmony No but my 
Praises be to the Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're gonna praise Him. We're gonna praise Him, yay. We're gonna praise Him, yay. We're gonna praise Him, yay.
blessings and grace. And I'm back with tonight's theme, the law of gender, the last of the seven principles of Ma'at, also known as the seven hermetic principles, also known as the universal laws. When something operates in line with the universal laws, it goes relatively easy, takes minimal effort, is in more tune with who we really are, and is in harmony with the greater whole. Individuals in balance are individuals who, conscious or unconscious, are and act in line with the operation of the universal laws. So they're able to function in an optimal way. Societies in balance are societies that have insights into the operation of the universal laws as an inherent part of all aspects of their culture so they are able to function in the optimal way. Now, universal principles describe the underlying dynamics of the order and harmony of the universe. The universal laws are not a theory nor a model. So it's not something someone has thought up, but instead it is the underlying truth, which individuals can recognize as their own truth when they are sufficiently in contact with who they really are, with their true nature. But we can attain an understanding of the operation of the universe and so of the world. The Kabayan states, the principles of truth are seven. He who knows these, understandingly, possesses the magic key, before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. The principle of gender. Gender is in everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. This principle embodies the truth that there is gender manifested in everything. The masculine and feminine principles ever at work. This is true not only of the physical plane, but of the mental and even the spiritual planes. On the physical plane, the principle manifests as sex. On the higher planes, it takes higher forms. But the principle is ever the same. No creation, physical, mental, or spiritual, is possible without this principle. An understanding of its laws will throw light on many a subject that has perplexed the minds of men. The principle of gender works ever in the direction of generation, regeneration, and creation. Everything in every person contains the two elements or principles or this great principle within it him or her. Every male thing has the female element also. Every female contains also the male principle. If you would understand the philosophy of the mental and spiritual creation, generation, and regeneration, you must understand and study this hermetic principle. It contains the solution of many mysteries of life. 
we caution you that this principle has no reference to the many base, pernicious, and degrading lustful theories, teaching, and practices which are taught under fanciful titles which are a prostitution of the great natural principle of gender. Such base revivals of the ancient infamous forms of this type of thinking tend to ruin the mind, body, and soul. The Kabbalion calls it phallicism. And the hermetic philosophy has ever sounded the warning note against these degraded teachings, which tend toward lust, lasciviousness, and perversion of nature's principles. If you seek such teachings, you must go elsewhere for them. Hermeticism contains nothing for you along these lines. To the pure, all things are pure. To the base, all things are base. The Kabbalion. Now the principle of gender, this is the last law out of the seven universal laws and embodies the idea that gender is manifested in everything. Gender is manifested as the masculine and feminine principles and manifests itself on all planes. Mental gender is described as a hermetic concept which relates to the masculine and feminine principles. It does not refer to the physical gender of someone, nor does it suggest that someone of a certain physical gender necessarily has the same mental gender. Ideally, one wants to have a balanced mental gender. Balance. The concept put forth in the Kabbalion states that gender exists on all planes of existence, physical, mental, and spiritual, and represents different aspects on different planes. It also states that everything and everyone contains these two elements or principles. The masculine principle is always in the direction of giving out or expressing and contents itself with the will, the will in its varied phases. The feminine principle is always in the direction of receiving impressions and has a much more varied field of operation than the masculine. The feminine conducts the work of generating new thoughts, concepts, ideas, including the work of the imagination. It is said that there must be a balance in these two forces. Without the feminine, the masculine is apt to act without restraint, order, or reason, resulting in chaos. The feminine alone, on the other hand, is apt to constantly reflect and to fail to actually do anything, resulting in stagnation, with both the masculine and feminine working in conjunction. There is a thoughtful action that breeds success, which point out that both the feminine and the masculine fulfill each other. The law of gender manifests in all things as masculine and feminine. It is the law that governs what we know as creation. This law decrees everything in nature is both male and female. Both are required for life to exist.
Now, the law of gender is less understood than the other laws. In layman's terms, it can be explained like this. We are all created equal, both men and women. We may look different on the outside in the physical world, but we're all the same inside. In the physical world, we live as male and female, which with much obvious differences, but in the mental world, we're all equal. We possess the qualities of both male and female and are both masculine and feminine. Ever heard of yin and yang? Yin and yang symbolizes the two halves of one thing always fit together. The one cannot exist without the other. The mental aspect of the male and female needs to work in conjunction with each other. The masculine and feminine qualities do not symbolize actual male and female qualities in the physical world, but much rather mental qualities. The masculine contains the will, and the feminine side generates new thoughts as well as ideas and concepts. Thus the work of the imagination. If these two forces don't work together in perfect harmony, life turns into chaos. It's also the balance between the ego and the soul. The ego seeks to serve itself and the soul seeks to serve others. The ego, which is outward, seeks outward recognition. And the soul, which is inner, seeks inner authenticity. The ego sees life as a competition. The soul sees life as a gift. The ego seeks to preserve self. The soul seeks to preserve others. The ego looks outward. The soul looks inward. The ego feels lack. The soul feels abundance. Ego is mortal. Soul is eternal. Ego is drawn to lust. And the soul is drawn to love. Ego seeks wisdom. Soul is wisdom. Ego enjoys the prize. The soul enjoys the journey. The ego is caused to pain. And soul is caused to healing. The ego rejects the Most High. And the soul embraces the Most High. The ego seeks to be filled, and the soul is eternal wholeness. The ego is me, and the soul is we. The difference between your soul and your ego can be described as the little voice in your head, the ego, and the voice in your heart, the soul. It's vitally, vitally important to find the balance between the soul and the ego. Way too often, we listen to the voices in our heads and then things go wrong. To be able to function better as a human being, it's important to identify the difference between our soul and our ego. Everything has a yin and yang. Each person has a left brain and a right brain. In Chinese philosophy, the physical foods a person eats are divided into yin foods and yang foods. This law not only applies on the physical plane, but also on the emotional, mental, and spiritual planes. Father God and Mother Earth, yin types of emotions and yang types of emotions, yin types of thoughts and more yang types of thoughts. The key point here is that 
on the spiritual path is the path of balance and integration. Buddha called this the middle way. He demonstrated that the path to the Most High was not the path of self-indulgence or asceticism, which is severe self-discipline. It is the path of balancing the male and female aspects within self and also balancing the heavenly and earthly aspects within self. The spiritual path is also the balancing of the three minds, the four bodies, and the seven chakras. It is also the proper balance between the soul and the ego. This is done by transcending negative ego and hence keeping the ego in its proper balance and relationship to the soul. Remember, the ego is a tool that we use. Don't let it use you. And we have to let it take care of our physical body, but not interpret our life. As mastery is achieved, this balanced state becomes more habitual and won't take as much work and time and energy to try to stay in balance. This is achieved by knowing thyself and understanding these universal laws and balances that govern our being. To know the Most High, we must overstand and understand and understand the Most High's laws. This law governs creation. Both male and female are necessary for creation. Think of the give and take in conversation. It's the perfect illustration of the law of gender in a seemingly genderless context. One person speaks asserting an idea or giving instruction or posing a question. The other person listens, receiving the communication. Then ideally, Roles reverse, and the person who had been speaking listens, and the person who had been listening speaks. Out of this exchange, new ideas emerge, new plans are made, new agreements are formed. These two complementary energies, giving and taking, give rise to a new creation. The law of gender manifests in all living things as masculine and feminine. Now, in the example I just gave, Speaking is the masculine energy, asserting, and listening is the feminine energy, receiving. You may have already recognized that the law of gender is closely allied with the law of polarity. It's another facet of the yin and yang principle. This law governs creation, yet the word creation is often erroneously used for nothing is ever really created. All new things merely result from the changing of something that was into something that now is. The law of gender manifests in the animal kingdom as sex, male and female counterparts within species. It also manifests in the mineral and vegetable kingdoms. Without the dual principle of male and female, there could be no difference of potential, perpetuation of motion, nor regeneration. The universal law of gender has three main points. The first is that everything living in creation has gender, an ebb and a flow, a yin-yang effect working together. The second interesting point is that each gender reflects both genders within itself. And the third most fascinating point of all is that 
all planes of existence, including mental, physical, and spiritual, reflect both male and female aspects. With this universal law, what it's saying is that one must consider all three aspects of ourselves and finding balance in this world. We are not only physical beings. We are not only mental or emotional beings. We are not only spiritual beings. We are not only spiritual beings walking around in a physical body. We now have duality within our brains. We are at the mercy of our left brain, right brain dance of reasoning. Sometimes the male-dominated right brain, the yang side, wins out, while later in the same day, our female left side of our brains reacts back with more artistic and sympathetic responses. Within our physical bodies, we see our genders reflected, but we're not only one dimension, we're three. Technically, some systems say that there are 12, 32, 64, or all the 365 layers back to the Most High. To simplify, our spiritual bodies extend all the way, dimensionally speaking, back to the Most High, which technically it does. Our spiritual selves matter just as much as our mental and physical selves, or else we're living in a crippled life. Even within our spiritual bodies, which surround us like a heavenly hug, about 12 to 18 inches around us, a part of our human makeup. The spiritual aspect of ourselves not only reflect us, it reflects the Creator. This is the part of us that is made in the image and likeness of the Most High. This spirituality has both mother Father aspects, nurturing and healing and creative life generator. We do not come alive until the most high breath life into us, animating us with his life-giving force. All things have both masculine and feminine energies, yin and yang. All things require space, time, and nurturing to grow. This law tells us that when we plant a seed, which is masculine, it requires time to grow and manifest feminine. This is the law that requires patience and persistence and tells us not to give up before the goal is reached. This mutable, universal law is evident throughout creation in the so-called opposite sexes found not only in human beings, but also in plants, minerals, electrons, and magnetic poles, to name a few. Everything and everyone contains both masculine and feminine elements. Among the outward expressions of feminine qualities are love, patience, intuition, and gentleness, and of masculine qualities are energy, self-reliance, logic, and intellect. Know that within women lie all the latent qualities of a man, and within every man, those of a woman. When you know this, you will know what it means to be complete. There are seven major universal laws 
by which the entire universe is governed. Three are immutable, eternal laws, and four are transitory, mutable laws. As stated by the Kabbalion, the universe exists by virtue of these laws, which is the framework and which hold it together. Knowing these universal laws and the basic law of attraction and learning how to transcend the mutable laws is fundamental to changing the circumstances of your life so that you can consciously create your intended reality and achieve true mastery and be authentically you. The universe exists in perfect harmony by virtue of these laws. Ancient mystical, esoteric, and secret teachings dating back over 5,000 years, from ancient Egypt to ancient Greece, and to the Vedic tradition of ancient India, all have as their common thread these seven spiritual laws of the universe. Once you understand, apply, and align yourself with these universal laws, you will experience transformation in every area of your life. That's the point, to transform and transcend. Apply this law to your relationships, both intimate and platonic. Apply this law to the way you work and maneuver and see how it plans and spans out. Apply all these laws to your life and grow multidimensionally and let all your facets shine. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace. Within man are two distinct intelligences at work. One which is hidden within our unconscious is in charge of directing and coordinating the physiological and psychological functions that are the support of our lives. To accomplish that, the physiological part of our being has to be on par with the Supreme Being. In fact, it is the manifestation of the Supreme Being within us. To the uninitiated, the requirements of acquiring spiritual power seem to be in conflict with the love for the things in the world. Spiritual power cannot be granted to those who have not transcended the illusion that pleasure and pain are properties of things. Not only must the initiate understand that pleasure is found only in our condition, she or he must redirect the quest for pleasure away from the things in the world and toward the fulfillment of the purpose for which we were made by God. This cannot be overstated as the vast majority of people on this spiritual path seek more pleasure in the things of this world. Career, family, games, sex than they do in the realization of the divine attributes in whose likeness they must reshape their being. The conflict, however, is only superficial. If I place my pleasure 
only in the acquisition of things in this world. I will be driven to achieve it, and if I succeed, that is all I have. If instead I place my pleasure in the realization of the remaking of my being into the divine attributes which constitute the essence of my being and succeed, then I have the power to acquire all that is necessary and lawful to have in this world. This is what was meant by the more poetic statement. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. Bluntly stated, spiritual power belongs to God, dwelling within our beings. And if we want it, we must love God more than we love ourselves and the things of this world. Adapted from Ra Unnefa Amen's Tree of Life Meditation System.
yourself got stuck hit plug it free no cost for entry now who can be whatever it is you want cause nothing is out of your scope you got it
think about it. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the go and gnosis, your news infused with consciousness, starting off on theguardian.com. Protests erupt in Brazil after death of black teenager who was restrained. Brazilian activists have taken to the streets in five major cities after the death of a young black man who was restrained by a supermarket security guard. Campaigners said the protests are feeding a nascent Black Lives Matter movement in Brazil, with nearly three-quarters of all homicide victims are black. Three-quarters of all homicide victims are black. Outside the extra supermarket in the upscale Barra de Tijuca neighborhood of Rio de Janeiro, demonstrators chanted the name of Pedro Gonzaga. Blessings to the family of Pedro Gonzaga, who died of a heart attack in hospital on Thursday after being immobilized with a sleep hold by a security guard. Protests were also reported in São Paulo, Belo Horizonte, and Fortaleza. Another took place on Saturday in Recife. Liz Ramos, 19, a student painting placards in Rio, said, We have to take a position against this to stay alive. It's a basic issue. Gonzaga, 19, was immobilized by Davi Amanasio. Video footage showing the prone Gonzaga underneath Amanasio while onlookers pleaded for him to be let go generated widespread anger. One woman can be heard saying he is suffocating him. He was taken unconscious to hospital where he died. As the outcry grew, the hashtag Vidas Negras and Portam, which translates to Black Lives Matter, Vidas Negras and Portam, began circulating, and black Brazilians compared his death to that of Eric Garner, who died after police in New York immobilized him in 2014. Renee Silva, one of the organizers of the Rio protest and the founder of Vos das Comunidades, said, There has never been a Black Lives Matter movement in Brazil to compare to the United States, but this year I think it will happen more often because the black community is more and more united. Silva said the protest was for all black people being killed, citing the case of Jennifer Gomez, 11, who died last week in Rio. Residents blamed the city's police, recently accused of executing 13 unarmed men in a Rio favela, including drug gang members, but officers have denied responsibility. We want to talk about more and more about Black Lives Matter for society to understand we can't stand racism anymore, he said. Black activists, rappers, and celebrities shared details of the protests and expressed revulsion over Gonzaga's killing. Lucy Ramos, an actor, shared a lyric from the singer Elsa Suarez, the cheapest meat in the supermarket is black meat. Augusto Trotta, a car cleaner and friend of the victim, said Gonzaga had hoped to become a successful rapper performing funk and Rio-style hip-hop. He was a good person. You can count on him at any time, Trotta said. O Globo newspaper reported that Gonzaga was a drug user and was being taken by his mother to a rehabilitation clinic where they stopped at the supermarket food court to have lunch, and he had a fit or hallucination. 
Andre Barreto, a lawyer for Group Protection, the security company at the store, told the newspaper that Gonzaga ran toward the security guard, threw himself on the ground, and simulated a fit. The security guard put him on his side and raised his head up, but Gonzaga seized his weapon and began threatening people, Beretta said. Another security guard took the weapon. Gonzaga attacked Amancio again, and the two began to struggle, he added. Video being shared on social media from television news reports showed Gonzaga approaching the security guard, who was standing beside a supermarket staff member, falling to the ground, getting up and falling to the ground again. The security camera proves there was no attempt to take the security guard's weapon. According to the government-produced 2018 Annual Violence Atlas, 71.5% of the 64,000 people killed each year in Brazil are black or mixed-raced. 71.5% of the 64,000 people killed each year in Brazil are black or mixed-race. Black or mixed-race people make up just over half of the Brazilian population. A public servant taking part in the protest said it was nearly a year since Marielle Franco, a black city councilor, was killed. Yet nobody had been charged with her murder. Every day we get more news of more youth dying, she said. A big movement is growing every day, and we have to make more people aware. Blessings and strength to the people of Brazil. Blessings and strength to the movement. Veras Negras and Portam. Black Lives Matter everywhere in the world. Moving forward on to abcnews.go.com, Vice President Pence accuses Iran of advocating for another Holocaust during Europe trip. Vice President Mike Pence accused Iran of advocating for another Holocaust on Saturday as he finished up a European tour in which he threatened tougher U.S. sanctions against the country and asked for other countries to follow America's decision to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. The Iranian regime openly advocates another holocaust, and it seeks the means to achieve it, Pence said while speaking at the Munich Security Conference on Saturday. Pence's latest remarks come on the heels of appearances at international conferences in Warsaw, Poland, and Munich, Germany, in which he repeatedly attacked Iran and the Iran nuclear deal. The deal signed by the Obama administration in 2015, along with leaders from the UK, France, Russia, China, and Germany, offered Iran relief from economic sanctions in exchange for restricting its nuclear program. Trump announced that the United States would withdraw from the deal in 2018. Along with accusations of state-sponsored terrorism, Pence blasted Iran during his week in Europe for anti-Semitism, going as far as to compare the country to Nazi Germany. Traveling to Munich to deliver his second international address, Pence condemned the Iranian regime for spewing the same vile anti-Semitic hatred that animated the Nazis in Europe. During his Munich remarks, the vice president said Iran had supported terrorist proxies and militias, Hezbollah and Hamas, exported missiles, fueled conflicts in Syria and Yemen, plotted terrorist attacks on European soil, and openly advocated the destruction 
of the State of Israel. Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Yafed Zarif responded to Pence's accusations of anti-Semitism by calling them laughable, according to Reuters. Moving forward onto Reuters.com, Iran's Zarif accuses Israel and the U.S. of seeking war. Iran's foreign minister on Sunday accused Israel for looking for war and warned that its sanctions and those of the United States were increasing the chances of a clash in the region. Addressing the Munich Security Conference, Mohammad Javed Zarif also criticized the United States administration after Vice President Mike Pence this week called a European powers to pull out of the nuclear deal with Iran. Zarif urged France, Germany, and Britain to do more to save that accord. Certainly some people are looking for war. Israel, Zarif said, the risk of war is great. The risk will be even greater if you continue to turn a blind eye to severe violations of international law. Accusing Israel of violating international law after bombing campaigns in Syria, Zarif accused, criticized European powers for not calling out Israel and the United States for their behavior in the region. Israel's behavior is putting international law on the shelf. The United States' behavior is putting international law on the shelf, he said. Speaking to his cabinet on Sunday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Iranian belligerence was the main destabilizing factor in the entire Middle East. We must deny Iran nuclear weaponry and block its military enrichment in Syria. We will continue taking constant action to ensure Israel's security, he said in remarks on broadcasts in Israel media. And the Most High says in Matthew 24, 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In Yeshua's name, amen, burn fire on all the travesties. And on WSAW.com, dozens of people detained by federal immigration officials are on a hunger strike at a Boston jail. Rhode Island-based community groups Alliance to Mobilize Our Resistance and the Fighting Against Natural Gas Collective say they've been in contact with about 70 detainees at the Suffolk County House of Correction who are participating in a hunger strike that began on Friday. The organizations say that the detainees are protesting abuse by jail officials and inhumane conditions, such as bad food and broken bathroom fixtures. They also challenge the jail's authority to detain people on behalf of the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement. The organizations say the detainees sent jail officials a list of their grievances February 10th. Spokespersons for the jail and ICE didn't immediately respond to emails seeking comment on Sunday. So blessings and strength and justice for those that are on a hunger strike in a Boston jail in Suffolk County. Moving forward onto Newsweek.com, mother and father replaced with parent one and parent two and French schools under same-sex amendment. France's National Assembly has voted in favor of an amendment removing the terms mother and father. 
France's National Assembly has voted in favor of an amendment removing the terms mother and father from forms in the nation's schools, instead using the terms parent one and parent two. The amendment, which passed into law alongside a new school bill Tuesday, has been seen by France's majority, La Republic, in March party, L-R-E-M, as a necessary step to bring France's school into line with the European nation's 2013 same-sex marriage law. While the L-R-E-M, the centrist party founded by sitting president Emmanuel Macron, has heralded the amendment as the school of trust bill, conservative parties have dismissed the development as a danger to society. The amendment aims to anchor into law the family diversity of children and the administrative forms submitted in school. Rodrigo Arenas, co-chair of SCPEP, the country's largest federation of parents, called the amendment a very good thing. He explained that the bill now takes into account changing family situations and resonates the law passed on the fight against harassment because often in situations of child harassment, children have been targeted for not conforming. According to France La Figaro newspaper, Xavier Brenton, a conservative deputy for the country's less Republicans, denounced the law as frightening, saying it was a result of politically correct thinking that did not correspond with reality. He also contended that while his view might be considered outmoded by his opponents, 95% of legal unions in France were comprised of male-female couples. Moving forward on OpenSecrets.org, U.S.-backed Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guado recruits D.C. lobbyists as crisis deepens. As the political and humanitarian situation and Venezuela grows more dire, the opposition government has hired an American lobbying firm to help them shore up American support. Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guado declared himself interim president of Venezuela on January 23rd and declared current president Nicolas Maduro illegitimate. Guado is recognized as the rightful president of Venezuela by the United States, Canada, most of Central and South America, and many European countries. Maduro, however, has refused to resign and still maintains support among critical allies like the Venezuelan military, Russia, and China. As a face-off over the delivery of humanitarian aid bills, Guado has hired two lobbyists from the international law firm of Arnold and Porter to advise the Venezuelan opposition on the United States economic sanctions, corporate and banking law, United States litigation, and international arbitration, according to FARA, FARA filings revealed by the Center for Responsive Politics, Foreign Lobby Watch tool. We can confirm that the, that the firm filed a registration under the Foreign Agent Registration Act with the Justice Department on Monday, February the 11th, the firm told CPR, excuse me, CRP in a statement on Wednesday, we will not have any further comment. Arnold and Porter have been representing Maduro's government in court and was advising the government in debt restructuring. However, the firm recently stated in court filing 
it would no longer represent Maduro's regime and instead take instructions from Guaido's government. Before Maduro took power in 2013, the law firm represented the government of his predecessor, Hugo Chavez. New FARA filings note that the lobbyists will meet with U.S. government officials to discuss the preservation of Venezuela's assets in the United States, the establishment of a diplomatic presence, and economic and humanitarian assistance. The United States initially froze Venezuela's American-based assets, but in late January gave control of some of the bank accounts to Guado in order to help Venezuela's legitimate government safeguard those assets for the benefit of the Venezuelan people, according to the State Department statement. And on the mineunleashed.com, Rockefeller, big pharma, facing $1 billion lawsuit for intentionally infecting people with syphilis. A federal judge recently approved a $1 billion lawsuit against John Hopkins University, Bristol Myers Squibb Company, and the Rockefeller Foundation. The lawsuit is seeking restitution for victims who were intentionally infected with syphilis during government experiments in Guatemala during the 1940s. Hundreds of Guatemalans were reportedly infected with syphilis during the studies, which were designed to test the ability of penicillin to treat sexually transmitted diseases. Sounds familiar. They did the same thing in America to the African-Americans. The lawsuit was pending and waiting in limbo for the past four years until it was finally approved by the United States District Judge Theodore Chuang last month. In 2015, when the lawsuit was originally filed, there were 750 victims seeking restitution. Now there are only 444 plaintiffs and some remaining relatives. The test subjects and the experiments were mainly children, orphans, patients from mental hospitals, and inmates. The horrific studies remained a secret until 2010 when Dr. Susan Reverby of Wesley College in Massachusetts uncovered details of the experiment, forcing a formal apology from the then-President Barack Obama. Reverby learned of the experiments after the death of John Charles Cutler, one of the lead researchers in the study. Cutler left behind a stack of files which contained details of the barbaric experiments. Researchers from these same very organizations were involved in similar experiments in different locations, most notably the Tuskegee experiments. The Tuskegee experiments were nearly identical to those conducted in Guatemala. However, in this case, poor African-American sharecroppers were targeted. The organizations involved with the experiments deny any wrongdoing. They deny any wrongdoing and have stated that they intend to fight the lawsuit. In a recent statement, John Hopkins expressed profound sympathy for individuals and families impacted by the deplorable 1940 syphilis study funded and conducted by the United States government in Guatemala. We respect the legal process, and we will continue to vigorously defend the lawsuit. A Rockefeller Foundation spokesman told Reuters that the lawsuit has no merit and that they had no knowledge 
that these studies were taking place. Many Guatemalans are still dealing with the painful aftermath of these experiments as there is now a documentary that's on YouTube called The Frightening Legacy of United States Syphilis Experiment in Guatemala. Blessings and grace to the ones that have been affected and infected intentionally. And on the ledger.com, Lakeland, 11-year-old, arrested for confrontation after refusal to stand for the pledge. Lawton Childs Middle Academy, 6th grader, allegedly told a substitute teacher that the flag is racist and the national anthem is offensive to black people. An 11-year-old Lawton Child Middle Academy student was arrested. An 11-year-old Lawton Child's Middle Academy student was arrested February 4th and charged with disrupting a school function and resisting arrest without violence. Following a confrontation with school officials and a law enforcement officer, the incident happened after his refusal to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and his refusal to stand after ordered by the substitute teacher. Polk County Public Schools spokesman Kyle Kennedy said the sixth grader was arrested after becoming disruptive and refusing to follow repeated instructions by school staff and law enforcement. Kennedy said he wanted to make it clear that the student was not arrested for refusing to participate in the pledge. Students are not required to participate in the Pledge of Allegiance, Kennedy said. Gary Gross, a spokesman for the Lakeland Police Department, said he could not legally comment because the case involved a minor charged with a misdemeanor. According to a report on Bay News 9, the student allegedly told a substitute teacher that he didn't want to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and that the flag is racist and that the national anthem is offensive to black people. District officials said the teacher's name is Anna Alvarez. Kennedy said she was not aware of district policy regarding the pledge as voluntary. She wasn't aware. Meanwhile, this poor child, this sixth grade child, was arrested. She allegedly told the student, why, if it's so bad here, did he not go to another place to live? Dakari Talbot the boy's mother told Bay, no- Bay News 9 that the teacher's actions were inappropriate and that her son should not have been suspended. She was wrong. She was way out of place, Talbot said. If she felt like there was an issue with my son not standing for the flag, she should have resolved that in a way different manner than she did. Kennedy said he could not discuss the student's discipline. He said Alvarez will no longer serve as a substitute in Polk County Public Schools, and that they will be reviewing their training policy with the outside agency that handles hiring substitute teachers. Our HR department will contact Kelly Services, which provides our substitutes to further refine how our substitutes are trained, Kennedy said. Blessings to Dakari Talbert and her son. And on SandraRose.com, it's now illegal to discriminate against New Yorkers with natural hair. If you're a black woman who lives and works in a corporate environment in New York City, you can now wear your natural textured hair to work, 
without fear of retribution. New York City guidelines now make it illegal to discriminate against people of African descent who wear their natural curly textured hair to work. Bias against the curly textured hair of people of African descent is as old as this country and is a form of race-based discrimination, said the New York City First Lady, Sherlane McRae, who was a proud member of Team Natural. Officials at the New York City Commission on Human Rights say the guidelines, which apply to anyone, will predominantly protect people of African descent who have been harassed and even terminated for wearing their natural curly textured hairstyles. In New York City, we want to make a bold statement that these prohibitions on hairstyles that are closely associated with black people are a form of race discrimination. Human Rights Commissioner and Chairman Carmelin Malalas told BuzzFeed News in a phone interview. They really fail to consider the tolls these bans take on black identity. Black women in particular have been harassed in the workplace for wearing afros, dreadlocks, twists, bantu knots, and braids, extensions, or so-called protective hairstyles. Hair is an incredibly personal thing. Hair is a part of you. And as such, we want to make sure that people can express themselves, Malalas told BuzzFeed. New York is the first major city to impose a ban on discriminating against natural hair texture. But other cities are still far behind the times. Brittany Noble Jones, who I spoke of last week, was let go from her job as an anchor woman in Mississippi television station after she objected to her boss, referring to her natural hairstyle as too unprofessional for broadcast. While on leave to care for her dying grandfather, Noble Jones was fired. Big up to New York City for being the first place to protect the black woman's hair. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace.
So try don't get caught up in what is going on. For a war it is raging and the enemy feels strong. Trials, tribulations to the left, propaganda to the right. Now we need to get it together, come together and unite. Make things as they're supposed to be. For giants of land.
Technology starting off on theverge.com, Facebook monitors and tracks the locations of users it deems a threat. Facebook monitors and tracks the locations of its users when the company's security team finds that they are making credible threats on its social network, according to a report from CNBC Today. The company actively monitors its platform for threatening comments, the report said, that can include a non-specific threat to a Facebook location or direct one targeted at specific people. Once Facebook determines that a threat from a user is credible, the company uses data from its products to track that person's location. According to CNBC, this is done 
by using location data taken from the user's Facebook app or an IP address collected by the social network when a user is active on Facebook.com. CNBC reported that the locations of users are only accessible after they're placed on the be on the lookout list, after their threats are deemed credible. But it's unclear exactly who determines what is a credible threat or what criteria a threat has to meet to be deemed credible. Other platforms use similar techniques to track threats, but CNBC reported that they typically do not have access to real-time location and other key data. Security employees at Facebook can use Facebook's own product to identify and track anyone it believes to be a threat. And on TheGuardian.com, Facebook under pressure to halt rise of anti-vaccination groups. Facebook is under pressure to stem the rise of anti-vaccination groups spreading false information about the dangers of life-saving vaccines while peddling unfounded alternative treatments such as high doses of vitamin C. The so-called anti-vaxxers are operating on Facebook in closed groups where members have to be approved to advance. And barring access to others, they are able to serve undiluted misinformation without challenge. The groups are large and sophisticated. Stop Mandatory Vaccination has more than 150,000 approved members. Vitamin C Against Vaccine Damage claims that large doses of the vitamin can heal people from vaccine damage, even though vaccines are safe. Health experts are calling on Facebook to do more to counter these echo chambers. Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson, spokeswoman of the American Academy of Pediatrics, said Facebook should prioritize dealing with the threat to human health when falsehoods and misinformation are shared. This isn't just self-harm, it's community harm. Swanson met with Facebook strategists and raised her concerns. Parents deserve the truth. If they're being served up something that is not true, it will likely increase their levels of anxiety and fear and potentially change their uptake of vaccines, which is dangerous, she said. The threat posed by Facebook groups was put in stark relief by the World Health Organization, which licks vaccine hesitancy reluctance to vaccinate as one of the top 10 global health threats in 2019. The WHO points out that 30% worldwide increase in measles and highly contagious illnesses that can cause deafness, brain inflammation, pneumonia, and death, especially in children. Last month, Washington state imposed a state of emergency after 48 people contacted measles. As concerns grow about measles outbreaks in the U.S., the spotlight is increasingly falling on the closed anti-vaccination Facebook groups. The Guardian gained access to some of the groups finding them to be rife with pseudoscience. One group, Vitamin C in Orthomolecular Medicine for Optimal Health, tells its users that not an anti-vax group. Its leader says the group needs to remain neutral on, on the vaccine topic, yet anyone allowed into the closed group of about 49,000 approved members will find ample material questioning the safety of vaccines. They will also find recommendations for alternative remedies that are falsely claimed to protect against disease. Geronda is listed on LinkedIn as the CEO of an online business in Colorado, 
selling high-dose vitamin C. Members of her closed group are encouraged to shop now in one click, and they are linked directly to her firm, Revitalize Wellness. The site sells vitamin C powder in bulk. With customers encouraged to give children aged 2 and up 3 grams a day, where the recommended daily intake is 15 milligrams. 24-pound bags of the powder cost $432. In addition to hosting many closed anti-vaccination groups, Facebook has taken in thousands of advertising dollars from those who specifically target parents with often frightening false messages meant to undermine trust in vaccines. So this is according to TheGuardian.com. So they are looking into the programming and trying to recalibrate it, overstand. And on the dailymail.co.uk, YouTube is to blame for spreading flat-earth conspiracy theories that claim the world is the shape of a disk by promoting misinformation. People who believe that the earth is disk-shaped are called flat-earthers. A study found that they watch online videos, which convinced them of this theory. They did a study... Do you understand? And the study found they, they are trying to recalibrate. There's too much awake and awareness going on ones. YouTube needs to tweak its algorithm to show more varied and balanced content. Researchers attended two conventions and found that nearly all believed the earth was round two years ago, but changed their minds after watching clips. The rise in people who think the earth is flat is caused by convincing YouTube videos that promote misinformation, psychologists have suggested. Researchers say that the platform should present a more balanced list of content rather than one-sided conspiracy theories. They said that YouTube needs to make changes to its algorithms to make their systems more accurate, but also called on experts to create content to, dis- to disprove the claims. The researchers from the Texas Tech University said that their suspicions were solidified when they went to two Flat Earth conventions in North Carolina and Denver last year and in 2017. They interviewed 30 attendees where a pattern became evident in how they became convinced that the Earth was flat. Of the 30 people, only one said they believed the Earth was round until two years ago but changed their mind after watching YouTube clips. People who believe the idea that the earth is disshaped rather than round are called flat earthers. A number of videos promoting the flat earth conspiracy exist on YouTube, but the team says there aren't enough to contest them. Their interviews found themselves believers and before long were asking questions like, where is the curve? And why is the horizon always at eye level, they said. Dr. Langham said that one of the most popular videos is a two-hour-long 200 proofs the earth is not a spinning ball, which has been turned into a book that has been translated into 20 different languages. She says that this video appears to be effective because it offers arguments that appeal to so many mindsets, from fundamentalists to conspiracy theories and even scientists. Dr. Landrum said she did not think that YouTube was doing anything overtly wrong, but that the site could tweak its algorithm to show more accurate information. There's also a lot of helpful information on YouTube, but there's also a lot of misinformation, Landrum said. A spokeswoman for YouTube told Mail Online that they are working to provide more context to users about the news they watch on the site. 
They want to provide more context, overstand. We're starting showing notices below videos uploaded by news broadcasters that receive some level of government or public funding, they said. They also announced a plan to show additional information cubes, including a text box or information panel linking to third-party sources around widely accepted events. Widely accepted events, like the moon landing, and are looking to expand these to more topics soon, including flat earth videos. See, the recalibration is coming in off the flat earthers, but it's going to be leveled on all the playing fields on YouTube. We recently announced that we'll begin reducing recommendations of borderline content or videos that could misinform users in harmful ways, such as videos promoting a phony miracle cure for a serious illness, claiming the earth is flat, or making blatantly false claims about historic events like 9-11. This will be a gradual change and will initially only affect recommendations of a very small set of videos in the United States. Over time, our systems will become more accurate and we're going to roll this change out to more countries. So social media has changed the social mindset and the powers that be want to come back and define and refine it. And on return to now.net, electronics recycling innovator going to prison for extending computer lives. A renowned e-waste innovator is going to prison for producing 25-cent discs that could have saved thousands of computers from the landfill. Eric Lundgren built the first electronic hybrid recycling facility in the United States, which turns discarded cell phones and other electronics into functional devices. Known for building an uh, electronic car out of garbage that outlasts a Telsa, his company processes more than 41 million pounds of e-waste a year. Lundgren has received international praise for slowing the stream of harmful chemicals and heavy metals into the environment, and counts IBM, Motorola, and Sprint among clients grateful for his cheap, refurbished products. Unfortunately, Microsoft is not such a big fan of Lundgren's work. When he figured out how to recycle e-waste from China into restore disks used to reinstall Windows software into crashed hard drives, Microsoft took him to court, claiming he cost the company millions of dollars in lost sales. Lundgren argues he hasn't cost Microsoft any sales as the company provides restored disks for free with software purchases, but many buyers lose them or throw them away. Microsoft also provided free downloads to restore the software to licensed customers online, but many customers don't know that's an option and end up throwing the computer away as a result. Lundgren made 28,000 of the disks and shipped them to a broker who planned to sell them to computer refurbishing shops for about 25 cents each so they could provide them to used computer buyers. Microsoft's lawyers valued the disk at $25 each and, and said they represent $700,000 in potential sales. Lundgren pleaded guilty but argued that the value of his disk to Microsoft was zero. As Microsoft nor any computer manufacturers sell them. 
He also explained that the disk could only be used to restore the software to computers already licensed for it. The licenses are good for the life of the computer. The real loss to Microsoft was the potential sales of new computers and new software licenses. A federal appeals court sentenced London to a 15-month prison term and a $50,000 fine on April 11th. This is a difficult sentencing, U.S. District Judge Daniel T.K. Hurley told Lundgren, because I credit everything you're telling me. You are a very remarkable person. I got in the way of their agenda, Lundgren told the L.A. Times. Microsoft's profit model is way more profitable than I could ever be. Prosecutors told Lundgren he could have a couple of weeks to put his financial affairs in order, including plans for his company of more than 100 employees. But I was told if I got loud in the media, they'd come pick me up, Lundgren said. If you want to take my liberty, then I'm going to get loud, and I'm going to prison, and I've accepted it, Lundgren said Monday. What I'm not okay with is people not understanding why I'm going to prison. Hopefully my story can shine some light on the e-waste epidemic we have in the United States and how wasteful we are. Blessings and grace to Eric Lundgren as he goes through his bid that was given to him from the likes of Microsoft. On CNN.com, Russia is backing a viral video company aimed at American millennials. Three online video channels designed to appeal to millennials have collected tens of millions of views on Facebook since September. But the pages pushing the videos do not disclose that they are backed by the Russian government. The pages are run by Mafic Media, a company whose majority stakeholder is Rubly, a subsidiary of RT, which is funded by the Russian government. Although Mafic Media has hired contractors and freelancers in Los Angeles in recent months, the company is not registered in the United States. It is registered in Germany. Facebook suspended the pages on Friday, saying it would reach out to the people running them to ask that they disclose where the pages are run from and their affiliation with their parent company in order to get back on the platform. The move was an unusual one for Facebook. The company does not require users to provide information about parent companies, but it's rolling out ways to try to increase transparency about who runs popular Facebook pages. It has been taking aggressive steps to tackle covert government-backed information operations on its service. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
me something Why are we the only ones who pay to live on this planet? Yeah. I say the animals and trees, they don't pay nothing yeah. Birds and the bees, they're not paying yeah. rent yeah. They're just a living and I'm flowing with the energy So you better stop and think outside of this reality And join this mission of resistance So we can get new existence Cause we're not gonna take any On the dollar and the dream Until the body lets down on you You say the cat is hard to chew So you'd rather eat your junk food Stagnant frequency inside the temple Now it's affecting your mental State of mind Asparagus, parsley, cucumber, kale, and don't forget the collard greens, basil, oregano. You know I love my avocado. I'm in love with the cocoa coconut. Daylight come, told me I go pick a bunch of green banana, boil it in a stew. So you know I gotta add some callaloo Eat your greens Blessings and grace And I'm back with Herbnology I'm gonna be talking about the nine best essential oils For hypertension Geranium oil By improving circulation And aiding those with sleep disorders Geranium oil is able to provide the body With the rest it needs while also keeping your energy levels up. This will keep you and keep your mind calm and your stress levels low, which can prevent high blood pressure. You can mix this oil with a tablespoon of coconut oil and then apply it to your chest, neck, and wrists, which should be able to give your body an extra charge while simultaneously calming the mind. And mandarin oil, the anti-inflammatory and digestion-regulating powers of mandarin oil can help the body run more efficiently and detoxify itself faster. The rich antioxidant and vitamin content in this oil is also helpful for balancing the metabolism and ensuring the cardiovascular system works properly. You can add a few drops 
of this to steam inhalation treatment or simply diffuse this refreshing and invigorating oil throughout your home to keep your nerves soothed and your blood pressure low. Marjoram oil. Excess nervous energy can lead to anxiety and stress, which can raise blood pressure and threaten heart health. Marjoram oil is known to impact the central nervous system and relieve stress while also promoting a balanced metabolism, all of which can help aid hypertension symptoms. Instead of using dried marjoram in your next recipe, replace it with highly potent oil. You can also simply smell the fumes from a bottle of this essential oil to help calm the mind and body. Rosemary oil, one of the best stress-relieving essential oils, is rosemary oil. So it's also highly effective for high blood pressure. Many people's hypersensitive issues are almost solely due to stressful lifestyle and the inability to control stress hormones. Rosemary oil can soothe that inflammation, clear your mind, and lessen the strain on your heart. This oil is quite powerful, so there is no need to diffuse it all day long, but a few hours of diffusing this oil each morning can provide your body with the neutral base for the day, helping to keep your blood pressure down. Cypress oil has the ability to improve circulation and calm the body and mind, which is ideal for those with high blood pressure. It also has therapeutic benefits for other aspects of health, such as sleep and metabolic activity, all of which can help those with hypertension. This is very popular oil in aromatherapy due to its pleasant aroma. The fact that this aromatic compounds are more than enough to calm the nervous system and suppress high blood pressure. Frankincense oil. This anti-inflammatory oil is ideal for lowering your blood pressure because it can help to soothe the cardiovascular system and slow the pumping of blood. This slightly sedative oil will calm you down and provide you with a good night's sleep while also protecting your heart. Blend this oil with a carrier oil, four to five drops per tablespoon of carrier oil, and then apply it to your chest like a vapor rub or on your neck before you go to sleep. And some people like to diffuse this oil due to its rich aroma. Invertible oil. If your emotions are going in all directions, it can seriously impact the activity of your heart. To calm these emotions and give your cardiovascular system a break, vertebral oil can be used as it will induce healthy, restful sleep and provide the time for your body to recharge. This oil can be used topically on the chest, neck, or wrist. It can be mixed with another massage oil, such as coconut oil, and then applied to larger parts of the body for greater effects. Neroli oil. For those who need to reduce feelings of anxiety and depression, the uplifting scent of neroli oil can definitely help. These negative emotional patterns can increase blood pressure and stress hormone levels in the body, which can easily lead to chronic hypertension. And one of the easiest essential oils for high blood pressure you can use you simply need to inhale from a bottle of neroli oil for the effects to occur. Some people like to use this powerful oil in aromatherapy of a steam inhalation treatment. 
and Lang Lang oil. This ancient essential oil is known to relax nervous tension and relieve stress in the muscles and mind. This can help promote more normal blood flow and less the strain on the blood vessels and arteries. This oil is also a great sleep aid, which can prevent sleep apnea from elevating your blood pressure. Many people enjoy the aroma of this floral oil and therefore place a few drops directly on the skin of their neck and wrists so it can have an effect and be smelled occasionally throughout the day. So again, these oils are Lang Lang oil, neroli oil, vertebra oil, frankincense oil, cypress oil, rosemary oil, marjoram oil, mandarin oil, and geranium oil. The nine best essential oils for hypertension brought to you by the nature of the Most High. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Blessed King, 
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape. Your metaphysical mind. 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 Blessings and grace. And welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. Starting off with the metaphysical meaning of man. An idea and divine mind. The epitome of being. The apex of the Most High's creation created in his image and likeness. When man appears unlike God because he, through disobedience, fell into sin. Through accepting race thoughts, man was adopted wrong ideas about himself and his relation to his source, the Most High. He has believed that he is unlike the Most High and separate from him, and these concepts have by the law of thought, become manifest. Ideal man is the perfect man, the Christ, the offspring of divine mind. Manifest man should be as perfect as the ideal, and he will. He will be when the individual identifies himself with the Christ. When he is identified with anything less Then perfection, he manifests some degree of imperfection. Man makes his world through the activity of ideas in his consciousness, ideas of wisdom, power, intelligence. The real man is the embodiment of the Most High, and all the Most High substance and the power to activate it is inherent within him. When we are quickened to spiritual understanding and fully realize the true character of the Most High and our own nature as the image or idea of the Most High, we will begin to live as Yeshua lived in order that we may bring forth the likeness. To perceive the true character of the Most High and His attributes, and then to grasp our relationship to Him, is to realize that His attributes are our attributes. His power is our power. His character is our character. And the Hebrew name Milka. Milka is Feminine for Malech, a king, queen, rule, counsel, advice, a wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, in Genesis 11.29, a daughter of Zelophehad, who was the son of Hefer, of the tribe of Manasseh, in Numbers 26.33. Metaphysically, Milka is the soul expressing dominion, wisdom, good judgment, the soul of man in its feminine aspect is intuitional and often perceives or senses things that while they do not appear to the outer or more active and positive phase of the individual consciousness should be heeded by it. 
it's your intuition, the feminine aspect, and it should be heated. The metaphysical meaning of being, the mind of the universe composed of archetype ideas, love, life, wisdom, substance, truth, power, peace, and so forth. Being is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. It is the fullness of the Most High, the all good. The law of growth and being exists under two phases, invisible and visible, abstract and concrete. The visible comes forth from the invisible, and this coming forth is always according to a universal method of growth, from minute generative centers. From center to circumference is the plan of procedure throughout the universe. To study form alone and to expect to learn from it and its evolutions, the secret of existence does not enable one to catch the sight of spirit moving upon every generating center. The Hebrew name Zebud, it means given, donated, bestowed, endowed, dowered. The son of Bigval, he returned from the Babylonian captivity with Ezra in Ezra 8.14. Metaphysically, Zebud is an awakening to the fact that man is furnished with a permanent, inexhaustible source of life. Love, wisdom, intelligence, power, strength, every good that he can need or desire, endowed, given, bestowed. This source is the Most High, who in the ideal man, the Son, Christ, is the true self of everybody and expresses in and through each individual just to the extent that the individual gives him cooperation. And Zebediah, Zebediah is gift, outright, bestowal, dowry, endowment, daughter of Padiah of Rumah, and mother of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah in 2 Kings 23.36. Metaphysically, Zebedah, the soul of man's recognizing the truth that is signified by Zebud, the masculine form of Zebedah. Zebedah, being the name of a woman, signifies the soul or feminine phase of that for which the masculine form of the name stands. And Judah, Judah is Hebrew for praise Jehovah, Celebration of Jehovah, Lord Jehovah, Confessions of Jah. Metaphysically, Judah, the Hebrew meaning of the word, is praise Jehovah. It is evident that Judah represents the spiritual faculty that corresponds to accumulation or increase in the mental. This is the prayer and praise. Prayer should be a jubilant thanksgiving instead of a supplication. It quickens the mind and makes it draw like a magnet that from the realm of cause which fulfills one's desires. At the very apex of the brain is the ganglionic center 
that we may term the center of reverence or spirituality. It is there that man holds converse with the intelligence of the divine mind. This brain center is the home or house of spiritual consciousness, which is in the scripture designated as Judah, whose office it is to pray and praise. This faculty is also called the superconsciousness, that is, it is above the various states of mind, but not separate from them. It pervades every phase of thought as an everlasting, inspiring quality. All lofty ideals come from this faculty. It is the inspiration of everything that elevates and idealizes in religion, poetry, art, and all things that are true and real. This is one of the foundation faculties of the mind. It is the consciousness which relates man directly with the father mind. It is quickened and enlarged through prayer in all forms of religious thought and worship. When we pray, we look up from within, not because the Most High is off in the sky, but because the spiritual center in the top of the head becomes active and our natural attention is naturally drawn to it. One of the offices of the spiritual faculty is to gather ideas. Through it, man can draw from the universal mind, God thoughts, that is, ideas absolutely true. Therefore, prayer is accumulative. It accumulates spiritual substance, life, intelligence, and everything else necessary to man's highest expression. When we pray in spiritual understanding, this highest realm of mind comes in touch with the universal and impersonal mind. And the mind of man is joined to the very mind of the Most High. Thus, the Most High answers our prayers and ideas, thoughts, words, which are translated into the outer realms of form in due season. Praise is closely related to prayer and is an expression of spiritual consciousness. Whenever we praise, we increase through law of mind. Praise is the positive pole of life. Praise is the key to the increase of life activity. If you depreciate your life, you decrease your consciousness of life. Thus we find that Judah, besides symbolizing the place in consciousness, where we come into touch with the highest activities of divine mind, typifies also the central faculty of consciousness. It operates in body consciousness through the spinal cord as well as in the top of the head and finds its outer expression through the life center. The Hebrew name Judith, which is the feminine form of Judah, wife of Esau, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, in Genesis 26.34, metaphysically, Judith, feminine of Judah, signifies the outer sense soul, or the feminine aspect of praise and prayer thoughts in consciousness. And to pull back another layer, 
on this universal principle, I went to the Nag Hammadi Library to the secret Book of John, also known as the Apocryphon of John, also known as the secret Revelation of John. There are four surviving Coptic manuscripts of this text, two shorter versions found in the Berlin Codex and the Nag Hammadi Codex III, and two longer versions found in the Nag Hammadi Codex II and IV. This section is called The Creation of Eve. Enlightened afterthought hid herself within Adam. The first ruler wanted to take her from Adam's side. But enlightened afterthought cannot be apprehended. While darkness pursued her, it did not apprehend her. The first ruler removed part of Adam's power and created another figure in the form of a female. Like the image of afterthought that had appeared to him. He put the part he had taken from the power of the human being into the female creature. It did not happen, however, the way Moses said, Adam's rib. Adam saw the woman beside him. At once enlightened afterthought appeared and removed the veil that covered his mind. He sobered up from the drunkenness of darkness. He recognized his counterpart and said, This is now bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will join himself to his wife. And the two of them will become one flesh. For his partner will be sent to him and he will leave his father and his mother. Our sister Sophia is the one who descended in an innocent manner to restore what she lacked. For this reason, she was called life. That is, the mother of the living, by the forethought of the sovereignty of heaven and by the afterthought that appeared to Adam. Through her had the living tasted perfect knowledge. As for me, I appeared in the form of an eagle on the tree of knowledge, which is the afterthought of the pure enlightened forethought that I may teach the human beings and awaken them from the depth of sleep. For the two of them were fallen and realized they were naked. Afterthought appeared to them as life and awaken their minds. Afterthought appeared to them as light and awaken their minds. The afterthought of the pure enlightened forethought by way of wisdom through life. The hidden power. In man and then a part of the hidden power taken from him, taken from man and put into woman. And when together, we make whole. We make whole of the power given and make the holy power survive. Overstand. Gender. 
the law of gender, the initial construct states that we are part and parcel filled with the power from the soul to light up this world together in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Shadows of arrows, I'm looking in, wondering if I need some ammo. A jungle full of rumble, it's about to crumble. Tumble out the way of jumble, try to fumble all the trouble mumble. I got a plot, you got a plot, we got a plot. Unlock the clock, reverse the talk, or tick the darkness out the spot, stop. Together we will move, so now you gotta choose. What you gonna do when we walk through the streets? We gon' light some trees, it's a wildfire, everybody now will see. The universe headed to the next degree If I were you, I would get down on my knees And I would try to regrow, but now it's time to be old If I'd have been a mess in your soul, there's a no-show New day, so try again Today what matters is getting on the trail parallel with gems
Through the birth and the death and the life of you To the me that I am, that I was before you remembered me Two times up and around and again and then when you Forgot to remember me, how we were supposed to be The we that we are, supposed to be And how it all came to be, from the sea to the shore To lost memory Absentee and select, amputee dialect Abjectee refugee, come to me, come to me Philosophy of supremacy, entity of man's heredity, epistemology of philosophy, the most certain conscience is the content of the mind, is a cognizance of an absolutism undefined. Georges knew this, nothing exists or can be known, now or otherwise. No lie you define becomes the foundation of experience, no eye you defy becomes the foundation of solipsis. The eye that I, eye that I am becomes your pro-sociality, live resplendently in intertextuality. Regrettably, we forgot what we were supposed to know, perceptively, the what, the where, the how, long before this here and now, now, the who, the why, the we.
Blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me. The music, Earth, 1 a.m., the Highness Collective, 85 beats per minute. Dr. Phil Valentine, Sun Ra Godspell. Beverly Brown, I'm Free. Bodhisattva, PK-12. Bodhisattva, Featuring Yuba, The Depth of Source, F-Soul, Greens, Natalie Rise, Rebel Frequency, Edgar, Jungle Groove, Georgia Ann Muldrow, Akusa, Hiatus Coyote, The World It Lulls Softly, Dan Marshall Flip, Yusef Kamal, Calligraphy, Christine Miller, Ja Plan For We, as Navi, think about it. Chocolate, you got it all. Osalade, my reflection. Ja nine, Ra un nefer, amen. Goapel, closer. DJ Spinner, remix. Christian Jalan, love is, ode to God. Claire Angel, praises be. The Whitefield Brothers, Featuring Bachka, Earthology, Sirach, I Am Her, John 9, Inner Voice. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still. Focus. Decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground. Build. Give. Blessings, grace, love, and strength to all. Yeah.